Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they, which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creepy thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits and the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower second, and the third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breadth of life. From under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing, of all flesh, two of every sort, shall thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of their of the earth after the of, after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive, and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he, did he. I know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people here this morning. 
The title of my message this morning is Christ, the Ark of My Salvation. Now, if we've gathered here this morning to merely hear the Bible story of Noah and the flood, it would not be of any benefit to your soul or mine. How could it? Unless we open this story with the key of knowledge, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord declared that the scriptures are they which testify of me. That is, every story in the Bible, through every story of the, of, of the Bible, the gospel reality of our salvation is Christ, of, in Christ is set forth in the scriptures of the Old Testament. And the reality of our salvation is, of Christ in Christ is set forth in the New. Luke records that our Lord, beginning at Moses, now where does Moses begin? Moses begins in Genesis. Luke records that our Lord, beginning at Moses, and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures of things concerning himself. Friend, that is what this blessed book is about. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, it has for its one theme and subject, Christ. And if Christ be not preached from this book, nothing good will come of it. Indeed, when so-called preachers declare God's word without preaching Christ, as we have learned last week from our study in 2 Timothy, this will only lead to catastrophe, the subverting of the hearers. Our Lord put it on this wise. He declared to those Pharisees who were indeed subverting their hearers, he declared, Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. The key to open this story of Noah and the ark is the Lord Jesus Christ. I fear that many who have heard the story of the ark and how it saved Noah and his family actually know little more of the story then that the animals went on it two by two, two of every sort. And sadly, they do not know what the story actually means or represents with respect to the gospel. The story of the ark speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ and how it was that Noah was saved. Noah was saved from the wrath of God. Noah was saved from the destruction which destroyed this world by the flood. And be sure of this, God is going to destroy this world again. Now, God has promised that he will not destroy it again with water, but the next time he will destroy it with fire. Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look there with me in verse 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. The Apostle writes here, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when exactly God's wrath will come upon all unrighteousness, upon those that know him not nor obey the gospel of his son, I know not. 
But be sure of it, that appointed day is coming. Either upon the day of your death, if the Lord tarries, or when he returns, either way he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained, the Lord Jesus Christ, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Friend, it is not a myth. It is a solemn reality. God judgeth the righteous, and God is angry with the wicked every day. In fact, God is a just God. God is holy, and he will punish sin wherever it is to be found. And the soul found in sin, outside of Christ, God will destroy eternally. Do you remember what our Lord declared to those unbelieving Pharisees? He declared, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses in this chapter. I want you to see what verse 5 records. Look there in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. We read these words. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Noah was one of these men described here in verse 5. God's word declares, God saw the wickedness of man, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Me, behind this pulpit, you in the pew, Noah and every man, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, I don't want it to be this way, but that is exactly the way things are. That is an exact and true description of each and every one of us by nature. Me behind the pulpit and you in the pew. This is the carnal mind that is in enmity against God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and look there in verse 7. The apostle writing here writes that the Carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. The carnal mind does not subject itself to the law of God, nor can it. We are by nature alienated and enemies in our minds by wicked works. And it is from this, the sin that we are, that God saves us. The Lord Jesus Christ saves his people from their sins. The angel of the Lord declared of our glorious Lord and Savior, he shall save his people from their sins. God's word declares, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, our sins are more than what we do, beloved. Sin is who we are. And what we think is what we are in our hearts. You, me, 
Noah, all men by nature are described here in chapter 6, verse 5. It's remarkable. Every imagination of our thoughts, of our hearts, only evil continually. When I read the news about how some horrible crime was committed in this city, it does not come to me as some surprise. I know what's in me, and I know what's in you, and it's not good. That's why the highest thought that the natural man has about God is pure idolatry. In fact, the highest, most sublime thought of a man who has not been regenerated, one who does not have the mind of Christ, makes himself an enemy in his mind by wicked works against God. But blessed be God, he saves his people. Now, how does he save his people? Look there in verse 8, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And just as Noah found grace, the grace that was given to Noah, that grace was also given to all of his people in Christ Jesus before the world began. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 9. God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. This is a description of how Noah and all of God's people found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. The grace was given in Christ Jesus before the world began, beloved. This grace was given to Noah, and it was given to each and every one of you here this morning that believe on Christ. Beloved, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not by accident. You did not take God by surprise. Our Lord and God didn't look down the corridors of time and look to see what you would do with Jesus. No, our Heavenly Father gave you to Christ before the foundation of the world to watch what He would do with you. Beloved, do you know what He did with you? (laughs) He saved you to the uttermost. Our Lord declared, This is my Father's will, which he which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. God had mercy on you in grace, in that he chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. Beloved, God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. What is the truth? If you have ears to hear him, you know what the truth is. Our Lord declares, I am the way, 
the truth and the life, and no one cometh unto the Father but by me. Noah found grace in the sight of God. <clears throat> and because he found grace, verse 9 tells us that Noah was a just and perfect man. Verse 9, we read, we'll go back there to Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah, a sinner saved by the grace of God in Christ, was made the very uprightness and perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. Nevertheless, Christ was made sin for Noah and all of God's people, that it might be said of you, beloved, through the blood and righteousness of Christ. James Richards, a just man and perfect. <laughs> that can only be in Christ. <laughs> now, it is of the utmost importance that we have the right order here. We don't believe to receive God's grace in Christ. Beloved, you were given God's grace in Christ before the foundation of the world. And that is why in time, at the appointed time of love, even now you find yourself believing and trusting Christ with all your salvation. Now, on the other hand, if it were true that God looked down the corridors of time and put his love upon certain men in time and not in eternity based upon something they did, that's not grace, that's works. I mean, if God caused his love his salvation in Christ to come upon you for something you would do in time, deciding for Christ, dedicating your life to Christ, or if God would choose you and accept you in Christ for something he saw in you. And based upon that, if he chose to save you based upon your decision, then salvation is no longer based upon the free and sovereign grace of God, but upon the conditions met by the creature. That would no longer be grace, but rather would be works. And that can never be. That can never be. For of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Beloved, of God are you in Christ by his free and sovereign grace. No flesh is going to glory in his presence that according as it is written, that he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Thank God salvation, says the word of God, is by grace. It's by God's grace in Christ. Our salvation is by the free and sovereign grace of God in Christ. And because Noah found grace in the sight of God, God saved him. God justified him and made Noah a just man and perfect. Now, the word just or justification means that God looks at his people in Christ Jesus and found in Christ, his people have no sin. Indeed, our Lord put away our sin by the sacrifice of himself. This is the justification that God does through Jesus Christ. It's not as if God is pretending that you did not sin. It's not like God can take the sin of his people and sweep it under the carpet and pretend it's not there anymore. That would be unjust. That would be unrighteous. 
When God declares someone to be just and perfect, God declares him to be just and perfect because that's no exaggeration. That's exactly how Noah and all of God's saints are before him in love. Just and perfect. Not guilty. <laughs> Look there in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 1. Verse 47. What a blessed chapter John chapter 1 is. If you have some time, read the whole chapter. It's so remarkable here. John the Baptist in one moment is declaring, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in that very chapter, the Lamb of God is beholding one of his precious sheep washed in his precious blood, made righteous through his obedience. And the Lord beholds Nathanael, verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. <laughs> Behold, one of my precious sheep washed in my blood. Nathanael, not guilty before the holy law of God, in whom is no guile. Behold, Nathanael, just and perfect. Beloved, that's not an exaggeration. That's what every blood-cleansed, blood-bought sinner is made through by and in Christ, the ark of their salvation. God declares Noah to be perfect because he is perfect according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's how Noah and all of God's people stand before God in Christ in his sight. God declares Noah to be holy because he is holy according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's how Noah and all of God's people stand before God in Christ in his sight. God declares that he has no sin because he has never sinned. How can this be? How is it possible? I mean, I'm a sinner behind this pulpit. I know I sin. I don't want to sin. But I'm aware of my sin. My experience is that of David. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. I hate my sin. And I'm conscious that I am a sinner. But before God, by the grace that was given me in Christ Jesus, before the world began, I have no sin. <laughs> the sinner behind the pulpit who believes on Christ, the sinner in the pew, who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no sin. How is this possible? Beloved, by the blood and righteous obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Our Heavenly Father took his only begotten Son, the Son he is well pleased in, and made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God took the sin of his people and put upon him, our Lord and Savior, upon our substitute, God's only begotten Son, Christ Jesus the Lord. He bore the sin of his people in his body and died under the wrath of God. Beloved, he took our punishment. The punishment his people deserved was imputed to his account. And imputed to our account, we have received his perfect obedience the righteousness that God's only Son established on the earth, 
by perfectly honoring God's law. How do we know he perfectly honored God's law? Because he's risen. (laughs) He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He established righteousness here on the earth on behalf of all his people. And his perfect just life, his perfect record, is imputed to our account. Indeed, the history of his life is made ours before our Heavenly Father. To each one of those who love him, to each one of those whom Christ died for, to each of those the Holy Spirit gives life, the result of this is that the sinner believes on Christ. I'll say it again. You do not receive God's grace because you believe. You believe according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Believe the gospel. If you believe the gospel, there's only one way that you could believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God gave you life. To whom do you give the glory for your salvation, beloved? (laughs) To God alone, right? To the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, I, I know you know this. Salvation doesn't depend on you. Our salvation depends entirely upon him who keeps us by his power. Indeed, he is the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of all of our salvation before our Heavenly Father. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Beloved, it's all of grace. Just as Noah was made a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God, so too do all of God's people in Christ. Indeed, we walk with God by God's Spirit. For there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now there's only one way a person can walk with God, by faith, through God's undeserved grace and gift, believing on Christ through the operation of God. Turn over there with me to Colossians chapter 2. I love reading these small details that are the comfort of all my hope, all my salvation, to read there and trace again back to his throne of grace, the reason why I believe, why you believe, beloved, there in the pew, while I stand here behind the pulpit believing on Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. I'll pick up reading in verse 9. For in him, in the Lord Jesus Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Friend, there is only one sure refuge, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as the ark was the only safe refuge from the flood, 
so too the Lord Jesus Christ is the only safe refuge from God's holy wrath against sin. Just as there was only one door on that ark, there is only one door to eternal life. Our Lord declared, these are the words of our Lord and God, our Creator. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go out, go in and out and find pasture. Our Lord declared, Many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? Our Lord declared, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So what then is it to do the will of the Father? This is the will of the Father, to believe, to trust His Son with all your salvation. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him, sings the psalmist. What a remarkable question the multitude asked the Lord. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Let me tell you, if you or I did the works of God, do you know what they would be? they would be perfect, every one of them. And that is exactly what our Lord has done on our behalf. He lived a perfect life on our behalf to please our Heavenly Father in our place. As our substitute, He took upon Himself all of God's wrath against us and has taken it all away. Our Lord gives us the life-giving answer to that question. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Believe on the one God sent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And how will you do that? By the grace of God in Christ, given to us before the foundation of the world. By the grace of God, His people are hid in the ark of their salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, you have been put in Christ, the ark of your salvation. And we say to those who are hearing the gospel, Flee to Christ. Flee today, right now. Perhaps you've left this building in the past without coming to Christ, without laying hold of Him. But I trust if you have received God's grace in Christ, you'll come running now. I need a Savior right now. I need a Savior every moment. Coming to Christ, beloved, is believing on Christ every moment. Lord, if I've not loved you before, let me love you today. If I've not come to Christ before, let me come today. If I've not laid hold of Christ before, I beg you, Father, let me lay hold of him now and evermore. Friend, Christ is the only Savior. Christ Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father except by me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, sinner. Amen.